Hi right, guys, welcome. Uh, I'm going to record um, this review session because the Google Meets was kind of a uh, drama-filled debacle um, as far as I was distracted a little bit with my, my kids screaming and some other stuff going on. So um, I'll send this out here uh, as an alternative. Uh, a couple of reminders. Um, your vote can have to do tomorrow on Friday. Be sure you get that done. And your comments to your uh, classmates on their Weebly blogs are due tomorrow. So be sure you're getting those things knocked out and then uh, you'll be done. Um, just saw that Governor Kemp signed an executive order. Kansas uh, basically making school digital until the 24th. So we'll have some more digital days coming up. Uh, I want to encourage you to check on your friends. Um, make sure they're doing their work. Um, not like, you know, an I got you kind of thing, but uh, just check on them, see how they're doing, make sure they're keeping up. Um, I know some classes are a little more intense than others, but uh, just you know, check on people and uh, be sure they're they're doing what they're they're supposed to. Um, and if they need help, let them you know just be there for them. All right, guys. So let's get going with the president and bureaucracy test review. Now you can get this uh, document on eClass. It's on the the front page if you want to look at it. There's 31 questions on the test. Uh, a couple of stimulus-based questions. So some of the the questions have multiple questions. Um, and so that's why there's only 21 questions on the review. You have 45 minutes, all right, and that's it. You can't pause it. It's going to uh, knock you out after that, I believe. So just be sure you, you block out the time and get it done. You can take it whenever you want to tomorrow. Just uh, you know, get it done at some point. All right, guys. So first off is the formal and informal powers of the president. It's a question that you're familiar with, the table the table questions uh, where you're going to compare. So here's the list of formal stuff, and then here's the list of informal stuff. So you'll have to be able to look at it and decide, you know, what's the, the correct stuff. And what I want to remind you of here is that the, um, you know, the, I'm not going to go through the whole list of formal powers and the whole list of informal powers, but a lot of the formal powers fall, <coughs> excuse me, under the roles. Uh, of the president that we looked at, those seven roles, and you did those. Um, we did them in class the last time we got to see each other, and also you got to see it. Um, you know when you did the the seven roles of the president uh, assignment that we did uh, the first couple of days of digital assignments. Alrighty, then the informal powers. I mean, those are all things the president has taken. Remember, he was created. The presidency was created as a weak position by the, the founding fathers and so a lot of the powers that he has taken are a lot of the powers that he has now have been taken and they are informal so things like executive orders executive agreements um and those kind of items are are going to be informal all right um next up on our study guide is fed 70 all right so you did your discussions uh on fed 70 some of them were really good some good stuff other ones were you know they were they were words. But anyways, um, the Fed 70, the main thing to understand about Fed 70 is the fact that it was a Hamilton thing. And it was um, arguing for a strong president. I, let me say that back. Not a strong pre president, but a, um, a single person, a single executive um, who, you know, while not having the powers of a, of a king or a monarch or something like that um, still though has some powers and has some authority and can, can get some things done. Um, especially in like times of, of problems and issues and crisis, you know, kind of like, you know, we're now with the, the whole virus spread and things like that. All right. Uh, now there are multiple questions about fed 70. There are some excerpts from fed 70. So just keep that in mind. All right. The impeachment process we haven't done in a while uh, and we didn't really do it officially for this one, but we did it back in, the first chapter or the first unit, and then we lived through 
impeachment. So just remember, uh, House is going to be the ones that decide, hey, yes, we're going to, to impeach this president or whatever official it might be. <clears throat> and then once they have voted on it and said yes, uh, and it's a simple majority there, it goes to the Senate for a trial where they will have the trial and then they'll have the vote. And that decides whether they're going to remove the president or not. So impeachment is not being kicked out. It's just that you're having a trial. Uh, checks and balances that the president has on Congress and the Congress has on the president. Uh, so those are going to be uh, you know, powers or ways to limit each other's power. Remember, the president can veto pieces of legislation already. So he has that power. Uh, that's really his big, big thing over the Congress. Other than that, he doesn't have much power, uh, official power. Um, he has some unofficial things he can do, you know, going to the, the people and things like that. But uh, really, the main thing is the fact that he can um, over, he can veto. Now, Congress has a lot of stuff over him. You know, they get to appoint. I mean, um, yeah, they get to uh, confirm his appointments to judges, and, um, ambassadors and things like that. Uh, they can override the vetoes. They are the ones that control the budget. They can impeach him. And, and so there's a lot of uh, checks and balances that they have over him. All right. Uh, next up is going to be the cabinet. Now, remember, the cabinet is not official positions. They were created back in the day by George Washington. Uh, there's a small little blip in the Constitution that says he can get advice from people. And so he took that and he created his positions. Now we have 15 cabinet positions. Uh, remember, they are going to basically be, for the lack of a better word, advisors to the president uh, over these different areas. All right. Um, some of them have more sway over the president than others. The Secretary of State, uh, Department of Defense, Homeland Security. All those people are going to meet with the president on a regular basis and talk and discuss issues with him, whereas uh, Department of Education, Agriculture, things like that might not. Next up is the State of the Union. Uh, remember, this is something that the president has to do. It is a constitutional requirement that he do this, and it falls under the um, legislative leader uh Role of the presidency, and it used to be just a letter. He would just write. He would just write a letter to the president, uh, to the to the Congress, and they would read it and be done. Uh, it has morphed into something much bigger than that. Now it's televised. He goes and gives it live, uh, and it's not just speaking to the the to Congress, but it's also speaking to the American people nowadays. All right, it used to be it was this basically a document that would get lost to the, the history or whatever. Uh, now though, it's, it's it's there and it's a way for the president to present his agenda in this most recent one. It was a way for the president to kind of kick off his reelection campaign. Uh, so there's that. Roles of the president. I'm not going to go through all the roles of the president. We went to the PowerPoint the last day we saw each other where we, we did them. And um, then you did a whole presentation type thing uh, on the different roles. So uh, go back and look at those. But, you know, the chief executive, the commander in chief and all those things for the test. What you're going to there's a there's a, two questions on it, maybe three. And, uh, you know, uh, just as long as you can understand some of the specifics, I think one of them is going to be a comparison thing where, hey, here's the role and then here's a power within them. So commander in chief controls the military. Then you uh, match those up, basically. So don't um, you know, don't like I don't think you have to overanalyze the roles of the president, but I uh, do understand. OK, uh, the signing statements. So the signing statements from this is the president really kind of spelling out. This is how I. Uh, feel about this piece of legislation and um, he can kind of put some of his own personal uh, judgments or interpretations into these things. Um, and it's also just a way for the president to, to sign something and, and kind of that he doesn't maybe necessarily agree with or has objections to, uh, but he might be worried that Congress will override the veto. So he does a signing statement 
um, which you know, spells out, hey, this is what I see, this is how I interpret it, and this is what I'm going to do. Okay. Um, next up is appointments. So the president has appointment power. He appoints judges. He appoints ambassadors, cabinet positions, all those things. Remember, the most the, the, the biggest fight happens over judges because those people are there for life already. Um, and so that's the biggest issue. That's why uh, the one that we currently have, Ruth Gator Bader Ginsburg, is holding on as long as she can because she doesn't want Trump to pick a new president. All right. The president and Congress and their constituents. So remember, they have different constituents. The president has this big, giant national thing he has to worry about versus Congress, which has, um, you know, small districts and, and states that they have to worry about. And so uh, they differ and they clash because of that. The, pre- the co- congressmen don't have to worry about what's going on in other parts of the country. And, and at the end of the day, all right, uh, if there was some state that was completely, totally unaffected by this virus, they would not have to be worried whatsoever about the relief package and all those sorts of things. The president, though, has to be. He can't just say, well, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about that group. He has to be worried about all of them. And so, and remember when, when Congress and the president clash over things, um, a lot of time it, it boils down to the constituents and how they feel about the issue. And, and Congress is typically going to decide with their constituents because they are the ones that reelect them. Uh, the president's policy implementation. All right. So um, the president is the kind of the, the one that's, in theory, it's supposed to implement stuff, although it's going to be the, the bureaucrats that do it. All right. Um, the president, you know, um, he really relies heavily on those people. He, he can give directives, he can give orders uh, and things like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, he's not out there on the on the street giving orders and, and things like that. He's really heavily relying on those, those bureaucrats. And, um, you know, because the, because of the, uh, the fact that he can't come in and wipe out complete agencies and bring in his own people, um, he has to rely on people who might not be completely loyal to him. So that's one of the big, big problems that he faces, um, within his stuff, uh, within these policy implementations. Uh, the Hatch Act was created in the forties or so, uh, and it's supposed to stop uh, bureaucrats from taking part in politics, basically. So they cannot use their job to kind of um, help or hurt a politician. Uh, it's supposed to be, you know, the bureaucracy is supposed to be nonpartisan and uh, not play the political games. Right. Um, and we've talked about the FBI director a couple of times being called in back in 2016 because of the Hatch Act. He had said he's not going to investigate Hillary. Then he said, we are going to investigate Hillary. Hillary. And so the Congress said that that could be, that's, could be a violation of the Hatch Act. So they called him in. So they're not supposed to do that. Um, bureaucracy responsibilities is what's next. All right. And uh, just keep in mind that the, the bureaucracy, their responsibility is to implement the law. Now, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that in the fact that they can, you know, they can interpret the laws how they want to, to an extent. But at the end of the day, the big thing to understand is that they are going to be the ones that are having to implement the law. All right, the Iron Triangles, a stinking again. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to spend much time over, over it. Just remember that uh, it is the congressional committees, it is the bureaucratic agencies, and the interest groups. Okay, uh, the bully pulpit, I kind of talked about that a little bit, but this is the, the, the president's form, uh, his ability to go out and talk, to speak directly to the American people, whether it's through the media, whether it's through social media, uh, or whatever. The president has this stage that other people don't, and that's what that is. 
Congress limits the power of the bureaucracy. So the two big things they have is the budget. They control the budget. If they want to shut you down, they can do that with their budget. So if they don't like you, they can really you know, limit how much money you get. Uh, they can also um, call you in for oversight. All right. So that means um, you've done something they don't like. And so they call you in for questioning and to, to get to the bottom of it. That's oversight. No one likes to go to oversight hearings if you're a bureaucratic agent. Uh, they can also, you know, if, if, in extreme situations, they can also shut down bureaucratic agencies. They have that power. Uh, they can also make laws. So we hopefully you know that that bureaucratic agencies write up standard operating procedures for everything. And if they write up something that Congress doesn't completely agree with or they're implementing a law a different way than they kind of interpreted or saw, then they can make laws that change those things. Right. So those are the big, big things. Uh, but the two big ones are always going to be budget and oversight. All right. Four types of agencies. Let's do the two easy ones first, the cabinet and the government corporations. Uh, the cabinet, that is the, we talked about it before, it's the, the advisory positions to the president. There's 15 of them, uh, and they control, I shouldn't say control, but they try and work in different parts of the the, the, the country. So education, agriculture, you know, um, secretary of state, all those kinds of things. All right. Government corporation, that is the government business, basically. They do stuff. Um, it used to be big because, hey, this is going to do something that the federal sector or the private sector might not be able to do. Nowadays, though, uh, there's competition like the Postal Service. You know, there's plenty of different options if you want to, to do something um, with somebody. You know, you can go to UPS, FedEx, who it might be. All right. The two that get people can confuse regulatory commissions and executive agencies. They're both independent of the presidency. So don't forget that they're both independent. Uh, but the regulatory commission, they're going to have they're going to regulate something. So the EPA regulates the environment. All right. That's their job um, versus NASA, who doesn't regulate space travel or space exploration or whatever it might be. So that's the big difference is the regulatory commissions have those regulatory abilities. So I think EPA, SEC, things like that. The executive agency is not. Now, you want to know some specific ones. Uh, I think if you know the federal, federal, um, who's the bank you learn about in the macro? Uh, the Federal Reserve. I think you'll be okay. Uh, Vice President, two things. Uh, they officially, their one job is to control or be the president of the Senate. They don't do that, though, remember. That's why I want to have that job one day. And then, uh, you know, just remember why they're there. Um, they are there to balance out your ticket as a, you know, Joe Biden, if he gets the, the nomination. He's going to have to pick somebody that's, that's not like him. OK, uh, if he picks another old white male, you know, that's that's not going to be a good choice. He's going to pick someone that's different from him, both politically um, and physically speaking. All right. The 22nd and 25th Amendment is pretty simple. The 22nd Amendment sets term limits. So you got two terms or 10 years. And then the 25th Amendment sets up the line uh, succession. So what happens when the president dies, resigns, steps down, whatever uh, the vice president takes over and then he gets into some other positions. Executive agreements and orders. Those are the um, the powers the president has. The agreements are with other countries. The orders are home domestic. All right. The main thing is they both get around Senate approval. So the Senate does not get to look at these things. So keep that in mind. And, uh, you know, it's a way for the president to, to circum, 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 to get around Congress. I can't say the word right now. So they, it's a way for them to get around it. All right. Finally, there, the pocket veto. I think everybody's probably familiar with this. This is the president's ability to the veto a law or policy without actually signing a veto. All right. If the Congress gives them something with less than 10 days till they adjourn, the president can't just let something sit. All right. So there's the review. If you have questions or concerns about the test tomorrow, please let me know. Send me a remind message. 
uh, email me, uh, Twitter, whatever. I don't, find me uh, and get a hold of me, and we'll uh, try and sort it out. All right. Don't forget check in on your friends, um, see if they're okay. You know, make sure they're getting their work done, and hey, you know we got a test tomorrow and all that kind of stuff. So just uh, look out for each other. Stay safe over spring break. Um, sorry that um, you know everything's happening. I really do. Uh, it's you know. Uh, it's not good, obviously. And I know it's your senior year and I, I really am heartbroken that it's this happening to you. Um, I lived through my senior year of college. I lived through uh, Y2K, you know, Google it. Uh, I'm, I'm being facetious at this point, but uh, anyways, uh, stay safe. Hope y'all are well. I look forward to, to when we can, I can see y'all again. And um, that is one of the joys of teaching is getting to see y'all. So uh, anyways, Good luck on the test tomorrow. Let me know if you have problems, and uh, we will try our best to, to handle it. All right, guys. Take care.